We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 53-man roster cuts. College football is finally here. And we have everything for you right here on the Best of Everything presented by Charlie Hustle. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. The Chiefs made their final 53-man roster cuts, and that means that some guys made the team and some guys didn't, obviously. So Kent, BJ, and Matt sat down this week to talk about their reactions to the final roster. Who were they surprised that made it? Who were they surprised that didn't make it? Obviously, there was a lot of moving parts this offseason, and the Chiefs have a lot of different personnel, a lot of different looks than they did last year. They, you know, have a different offensive look. They have some defensive guys that are new. Um, but who made the team? Who fought for a spot? Um, who were they surprised to see, you know, was given a chance by the Chiefs? A lot of guys, a lot of guys, um, you know, kind of fought for their position and rightfully so earned it. So BJ gives his take on, you know, who's he surprised? Kent definitely talks a lot about um, some certain players and Matt chimes in as well. I know one of the things we talked about on outside the trenches a lot is your best defensive lineman for the chiefs is only still playing 58, 60% of the snaps. Anyway, mm-hmm. these guys are rotating a lot. They want to keep fresh bodies. And so Kent, were you surprised uh, that Colin Saunders made it? I don't know if I was surprised. I think he earned it. And I, but I think it was throughout the course of the preseason. Like I think, you know, the, the signing of Danny Shelton put a little bit of pressure on him and he was really strong after the after he got released or after he got uh, sorry after Danny Shelton got added um i i looked at you know Colin Saunders and in how like that i was a little bit leery of keeping there because you have a guy like Treshawn Wharton who's more you know he's he's an interior pass rusher right 
he's not necessarily a, a run stopping player. In fact, that's probably one of his biggest weaknesses, but as an interior rusher, he's outstanding. And I looked at this roster and I said, okay, so outside of Derek Nottie, who's the guy that's really going to be able to anchor in the middle of the field against the run? Because Chris Jones and Treshawn Wharton, those aren't necessarily their strengths. Colin Saunders kind of fit into that mold of more of a, I think he's a penetrating interior rusher more than he is a guy that's going to be a, an early down run stopper. And so I think that's where this team looked and said, we need guys that are going to be a little bit more capable of doing that. I think Taylor Stallworth was a little bit better at doing that uh, anchoring in the middle of the field against the run. And obviously Danny Shelton is just a giant anchor. Um, I mean, that, that dude is built to do that. So I, I think for Colin, it was roster construction for me personally, but once they brought Danny Shelton in, I think everything kind of just, you know, hit for him and he played outstanding for the rest of the training camp. I think the big thing was he took a step forward, right? I, you look back and it shouldn't be a surprise that a guy coming from a smaller school when he gets to the NFL took, takes a little bit of time, especially when dealing with an injury that keeps him, you know, held out for the majority of his rookie year comes into his second year, he maybe loses a roster spot to someone like Tershawn Wharton coming along or something like that. It's just going to take some time. And I think you saw at the start of training camp seeing a couple reps, there's always been flashes in Colin Saunders' game, but it hasn't been that consistent. But I think we've seen, we don't get to see every practice rep, but as the preseason games went along, you start to see more consistency. He took over a couple of those games and yeah, he's working against backups or third stringers, but that still wasn't there in the past. So he clearly, I think, elevated his game Maybe he's been around the league long enough that it's there. Yeah, like Kent said, I think he went out and took and earned this roster spot. I had him squarely outside the 53 starting the offseason just based on the way he played in the past and the moves the Chiefs had made. He played himself up and above Taylor Stallworth, above Danny Shelton from, you know, with the little bit of time he got here. Now, I will go a little bit with Kent. I think this run defense in the interior is scary. If they happen to lose Derek Nottie for any reason, I don't love Wharton or Saunders or Chris Jones kind of bolstering your run defense up the middle. So it's an interesting fit, but he still earned a spot. So I, I, I'm happy that he did. I recently went back and found an old lost interview that I had with him from the senior bowl. The first year we got to go, it was just fun to go back and listen to him there when he was, you know, fresher, just out of college, not sure what to do with all the media. It was a fun listen. He's a fun guy. So I'm glad that he finally is kind of getting there and coming into his own at the NFL level. The Chiefs hold a lot of depth this year, and another team that has a lot of depth right now is KU football. So Scott and Kent sat down this week to talk about the depth that KU has, but also the expectations that they have for KU. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised this year with KU football. Uh, Scott, you know, jokes around a little bit with Kent. Kent says that it's okay to um, get your hopes up a little bit with KU football this year. You know, a lot of fans are used to being hurt by KU and now I think is the time where you can fully buy in and speaking of buy um sports betting is going to be legal in Kansas very very soon so you can use DraftKings and put your bets down for KU but Ken talks about that a little bit as well as you know what his locks are what is the biggest difference in KU football this year and why they should be excited, why fans should be excited, and why fans should actually, you know, be able to get their hopes up and not be let down this year. I feel good about this team, man. And I think they can line up and play vanilla and they have the depth, they have the energy. This team is not going to come out and lay an egg. They're going to come out with a different level of intensity because they're being evaluated. They're always being evaluated. 
The standard's been set. This team is sick of losing. I think you're going to get an outstanding effort for this football team. And I think there's enough depth to carry a large lead into the fourth quarter. I genuinely mm-hmm. believe that. I was going to wait for maybe some prediction time later at, before mm-hmm. we close it out. But that's you're kind of getting a sense of where my prediction is going to fall. I have I would have KU covering, mm-hmm. you know, 30 plus. If DraftKings sets the line there, so yeah. I'm I'm anxiously anticipating that, and uh, I I will be placing one of my free bets there if that happens. Yeah. Oklahoma, when Oklahoma plays Kansas past years, usually that line has been around 35 ish points in the range of that. It's kind of crazy to see Kansas on the other end of the line that big, even though like Kansas played Rhode Island a few years ago. And that was a game you absolutely assumed that Kansas was just going to blow them out because Rhode Island wasn't even a good FCS program. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of points for Kansas. That's a lot of points. I this, It's different times, man. Like I think KU fans are gun shy. They're scared. They don't want to allow themselves to be hurt. Right. And but this is a team that can you know, can line up and compete with a lot of teams this year. They may not finish the job and it may not always be a one score game, but they will be playing competitive football where it's not out of reach in the fourth quarter a lot this year. I genuinely believe that just a matter of if they can finish some of these games out. Kent is telling you that if you're a Kansas fan, it's okay to love again. Talking about gets your hopes up this year, I think Denver is probably the team that has their hopes the highest compared to last year. And the Chiefs may or may not, you know, ruin those hopes for them. I think a lot of Denver Broncos fans are super excited about Russell Wilson, but I think the Chiefs, that is going to be their biggest competition in the AFC West. And outside the trenches talks about that this week. They talked about um, Tucker and BJ talked about that with Nick Leckie. You know, Russell Wilson there now, a lot of moving parts in Denver. And Denver gave the Chiefs a run for their money last year without a good quarterback. So what is it going to be like with, you know, Russell this this year? And I think there's a there's a little bit of a rivalry with, between Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson just because, you know, Patrick's the young quarterback that's kind of replaced Russ. And people compare Pat to, you know, Russ. So there's a lot of competition there, but a lot of – um expectations from Denver as well and that's going to be the Chiefs biggest competition in the West this year I think and the guys talk about that a lot on outside the trenches you know the AFC West is so deep there's so much competition and it's the arguably the best all-around conference or division in the NFL so it is going to be up to the Chiefs to take it from everyone else but their biggest competition this year it looks like it's going to be Denver I would like to say that this is not planned. This is truly blind nil, but this is when this is like the, 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 the good one. Cause I think legitimately Denver. And, and did you mention Waller too, by the way? I love Waller. I didn't no. mention Waller. Yeah. No, mention Waller. Good. I mean, Jesus Christ, the dude's a beast. Uh, Denver, the, the Randy Gregory thing. Um, what? I mean, and then, then you got Russell Wilson and remember this, this Denver team last year was God awful. And they still gave. They, I mean, they still gave Kansas City all the business they could handle, um, and then they they put it to Dallas. You know, so it's like this Denver team with a, a legit quarterback that you know who who felt probably feels like Mahomes is stealing his shine uh, as he gets older. He's going to play with a motivation. You know, he's going to beat this this young kid. Uh, he's going to show him what's up. You know, even though people have compared you know uh, Mahomes to 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 Russell Wilson. You know, win a Super Bowl and never win it again, right? 
And it's like, you know, so Mahomes is going to be juiced up. But AFC West just became the, the most difficult conference, the most difficult division in the NFL. I, mean, I challenge you to think, you know, this will be – could we have four teams make yeah. it? Could, could the AFC West have four teams make it? That's that's impossible, right? Is that statistical? Yeah. Get two wild cards. It. Yeah, so, it has to be three, no. yeah. Yeah, right? So, And they almost did it last year, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it'll come down to the last quarter of the season, though. I think all the teams could be in it late, just as long as there's no key injuries for any of the teams to, to those points. I just don't think the depth of talent compared for the – Broncos and the Raiders. I just don't think it matches up. But on any given Sunday, uh, you didn't even mention Darren Waller and yeah, Run Hunter Renfro and the, Tucker. My favorite thing about that podcast was how Ryan Clark had to do a complete 180 when he realized yeah. Jalen Ramsey was serious. Uh-huh. He was like, he "What are you talking that. about?" He He's like, "No, seriously." Man? He's like, "Yeah, insurance? whatever." Yeah, yeah. yeah he thought like, he was making a joke. Film. He's like, "No, seriously, that dude can play." Yeah, that, I mean, that dude was the, the legit the reason why you know uh, Clemson beat Bama. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, the yeah. dude's just been consistent, makes plays all the time. You know, it's like New England's like, why, how do you miss him? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of competition, um, obviously that's the biggest goal in football is to be your competition but the guys at three Moss sat down this week to talk about k-state and what their record is going to look like this year who was their biggest competition what is their schedule going to look like as far as wins and losses Derek cole and josh sat down to talk about specifically the tcu game where it falls in the schedule you know tcu improved a lot to where k-state is just totally up against a mountain or is this a game that you know is going to be a defining factor for k-state and i think k-state can can kind of determine their own destiny destiny as in far um as far as you know wins and losses this year in their conference um they all talk about it on three ma what their expectations are for k-state this year what their biggest challenge is going to be and who their biggest competition is going to be in their conference can't be worse than it was last year. If you look at the metrics, it's 115th or worse in nearly every metric. So it can't get worse, and their offense will get better. So they are a more improved team. They have only one of the three offensive coordinators in the entire country that has had a top five offense for five years in a row, and Garrett Riley as well. And I think at this point in the schedule, they'll have their quarterback stuff figured out. I think Chandler Morris will be the quarterback, and I think he kind of fits what they want to do. And I think it's a trap game where it sits on a schedule. Yes, it comes after the bye week, but it comes after the Iowa State game and before the meet 
and potatoes of the schedule like that consist of Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas. So I just don't like the fit of where it sits at the schedule. I think TCU is going to be an improved team, not a Big 12 tile contender, but an improved team. I think this is a scary game for, for the Cats. See, we, we differ because I think it falls in a good spot on the schedule coming off the bye. I think K-State can reset after the Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Iowa State games reset here kind of middle of the season and uh, go down to TCU and, and pull that game out. Chris Kleiman's 3-0 and against TCU, albeit those were against Gary Patterson coach teams. There is some talent on TCU. There's no question. I mean, look, they've got one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the Big 12 and Quentin Johnston. Um, and Kendra Miller is a very talented running back. I mean, everyone talked about Zach Evans last year, but Kendra Miller was averaging seven and a half yards per carry all season and rushed for nearly 700 yards. He's back. They got some talent at receiver. Tay Barber, Darius Davis, their top three receivers are back. They've listed four starting running backs on their depth chart, which is interesting. But to your point, D.Y., their defense was 125th in the country in points per drive allowed last year um, out of 130 FBS teams. I just can't see Sonny Dykes fixing that. A Sonny Dykes coach team doesn't strike me as a team that's going to play great defense. Now, I know they were better than what his teams usually are the last couple of years at SMU, but I don't think they'll get the defensive issues straightened out enough. So I like Kansas State to, to win that game. All right. So I think everybody here at this point, we've got K-State at 6-1. and one. Right. Just a different loss. We've got the Cats at six and one rolling into homecoming against uh, Oklahoma State in Manhattan. Boy, I've got some bad memories from that game two years ago when uh, K-State really should have won the Will Howard fumble that was run back. Uh, will will live in infamy for a long time. Ah, I'm pretty torn on this one. I mean, Oklahoma State, I think it, it's kind of the same deal as Matt Campbell, but up a, a notch or two. Obviously, we saw the ceiling that they have last year, almost making the playoff and winning the Fiesta Bowl. Um, but it's like I just expect Mike Gundy, no matter what, he's going to put together about an eight or a nine win team. So I, I think they'll be pretty salty, even though Spencer Sanders, I I, I still worry about the, the turnover problems that he has. They replaced Jim Knowles, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, with Derek Mason, who I also think is very good. I would expect a slight drop-off this year from Oklahoma State. I'm a little higher on Baylor uh, out of the two Big 12 championship game participants from last year. K-State being back at home here. Th this is where I've been saying all year, like I'm kind of predicting K-State at 9-3. and three. This is one where I feel like that that's going to determine, will K-State be 10-2 and two and have a legitimate chance to make it to Arlington in the Big 12 championship game or be 9-3 and three and just miss out? That, to me, this is like the game uh, that they would need to win in order to do that. And I'm on the Homer podcast here. I'm not on the YouTube channel. So you know what? What the hell? I'll take K-State to win. Earlier, I talked about the 53-man roster final cuts, um, you know, the expectations that the Chiefs have for these 53-man guys. And Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen sat down on one-on-one -on -one this week to talk about life after football. So what is going to happen for those guys that didn't make the 53-man roster? What is going to happen for those guys that are choosing not to go to a practice squad or choosing not to, you know, seek free agency, go to another team, or just simply there is no more opportunity? And Jeff Allen kind of says that, that is what hurts the most is that it's not up to you when you're walking away, like when you're being cut and it's kind of being told to you and for you, that decisions being made for you, that football is done. And now like transitioning into life after football, what that looks like, what that feels like, because all of a sudden your whole identity in football is gone. And so Jeff makes a really good point. He says um, that, 
you kind of wonder, am I going to be as good in other things as I was in football? You know, football was everything to him for so long and he's excelled at it so much that it's just moving to the next thing. It's like, am I going to be as good at that or just reach that level of success in whatever adventure comes after football as you did in football? Those first two years for every guy, that's something that's not really talked about. No matter how successful you had, you know, no matter how successful your career was, no matter what you've accomplished, Super Bowls, tons of money, you're done. Football is over. This is in some sort your identity. I don't care what you say. I don't care how how much you can do post football. You get tied up into it. That's why Tom Brady's still playing. This man has seven Super Bowls. He's right. made boatloads of money. Um, he loves it, but not only does he love it, it's his identity. Right. And it's tough detaching yourself from football, something that you love so much you've done your entire life, and transition to something else because you're like, well, am I going to be as good in this as I was in football? And right. all these unanswered questions and uncertainties that it, it makes you afraid to take that leap. And um, some guys don't make that decision. Sometimes that decision is made for you, which makes it even tougher. Right. Um, because you don't see it coming sometimes and, and sometimes you think see... so you think yeah. so you think you think the you think the getting really getting cut and not getting asked back I think that's tougher I think that's, that's tougher I think that's tougher because for me uh, one thing that gave me I guess a peace of mind was you know I could have went back if I wanted to that's killed me though that, that that didn't kill me that actually made me feel good about it because I made the decision Mm. I made the decision. I had the power in that case, as opposed to, oh, I still want to do this, but I just don't have the opportunity to do it. Mm. Um, I made the decision to be done, and I had things post football lined up, and I've had great success with it. Yeah. Um, but that still didn't make it any easier. The transition. It's it's just a tough transition. You just have to figure. You're a rookie all over again. You're figuring yeah. things out. You go from you know having this this routine. Um, being a being a football player, doing your job, being in the locker room is totally different than, you know, for me being a business owner or being more active as a father. Right. Now I go, now I'm taking my kids to school. I'm doing the day-to-day routines. I'm doing the tutoring. I'm, you know, getting them ready, fixing lunch. I got the checklist. Right. That's way different and way fucking harder than, you know, getting a three-point stand. So it's, it just, it's just tough transitioning. Um and that's the thing that I mean we all need to talk about because we all we're all gonna have to go through it. We all deal with it. Um, it's just being transparent and making sure that we articulate our feelings in that situation. I gotta not, st- and not just hold it in because it's hard. Don't, yeah. don't try to be macho. This is no, oh totally no, new. no, no. I've I've cried so many times since then. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Like, I gotta send this episode to some friends because I've told some guys, active guys, the exact opposite. I've said don't stop. Mike has a great point right there where a lot of people say, you know, keep going. And I think that's a very personal decision you have to make, whether it's time to hang them up, time to retire, or just keep going until they take the cleats off of you. And I think a lot of people, it's up to them and that their own decision um, as to when to, you know, move into the next phase of life. But right now we are moving into the next phase of sports, which is football season so college football has started mizzou has played their first game now and the chiefs will play their very first regular season game this coming week so they are going to be taking on the arizona cardinals week one in arizona the same place that the super bowl is happening this year so i'm just gonna say it i think the chiefs are going to have their first game in arizona and their last game in arizona 
fingers crossed that would be amazing but this has been the best of everything presented by charlie hustle tune in next week to get everything that you missed from kansas city sports network